August 27, 2015. My name is Joel Tillis. Thank you for tuning in and listening to The Soul Trap. To be very candid, The Soul Trap is not really a show, and it's not really designed for you. I hate to say that, I don't want to sound arrogant or ornery, but it's not really designed to garner an audience or to establish a following or to showcase my intelligence or probably my lack thereof. I'm honored that you listen. I'm humbled by those who have contacted me and shared with me how much they enjoy it. But basically, the Soul Trap is a forum for me to, for lack of a better word, to really vent the things that I have read and learned and come across investigating those things that are outside the norm, uh, kind of off the reservation a little bit. My primary concern is with Scripture. I, I honestly believe there is something profoundly otherworldly about the text of the King James Bible, any edition. It is beyond cutting edge. It's beyond even up to date. Those phrases imply that it is merely reactive in knowing what will be. And I submit to you that the Bible not only tells you how things are, but actually determines how things will be. I believe it to be an amazing book. And I find that the Bible, when really read in its supernatural setting, gives us a tremendous ability in looking at the paranormal world and being able to separate what is sense and real from one is nonsense and garbage. So I know that there are a lot of things going on, the shooting of the news anchor, uh, the um, issues going on with Trump and China and Iran and all of that. But today we're not really going to talk about current events and we're not even really going to talk a lot about biblical issues per se. We're going to talk about something off the wall, off the grid, totally crazy and totally odd. And absolutely, I believe in the Bible. And that is remote viewing. The paranormal world is a vast body of information and subjects. Anybody who has ever started studying it and reading it will find very quickly that it's literally a, a bottomless pit of information and subjects and subheadings. And the truth of the matter is, for the most part, most of the information and subjects are nothing more than an overly active imagination, sensationalism, or downright a con job. And I've read a ton of it. There is a paranormal money-making machine, from movies to books and from radio personalities to Discovery Channel and History Channel specials. The fact is, a lot in the paranormal is just normal. Normal people trying to make a buck or trying to make a splash and this is one reason why I think the claims in the paranormal world and, and in the conspiracy world seem to get more and more sensational. It's almost like a drug. You get that first fix. You get that first thing, and then it opens up another door, and you need another fix and another fix. And the truth of the matter is that's why there's so much confusion, because it, it really is become a subculture all on its own. And then if I'm honest, there's a large portion of it. I'm not going to necessarily designate a percentage but there's a large portion of it that's just flat, overreactive, overimaginary. You fill in the blank. However, and this is a big however, if you assume that because a large portion is nothing more than hype, and you discount the reality and the power of the slim but real portion of the paranormal, 
you can find yourself in a very dangerous spot. Which is where I think, to a large degree, modern Christians are. We have become, to a large degree, practical materialists. Claiming the belief in the spiritual dimension while living an undeterred, unadulterated, unaffected life in the physical. When research is done and all the facts are weighed, there is no doubt in my mind that there is a parallel world, so to say. A world in which the spiritual dimension is real and powerful and operative at a level far beyond what we think or could possibly imagine. And this is not just an opinion, however researched that opinion might be. This is something that is clearly there in the Bible from start to finish. The power of the unseen world in our reality and tandem working in the seen world. One of these areas that often gets lumped into the mass of paranormal nonsense is the area of remote viewing. And while some of it is indeed sensationalism, there is a very real reality, so to say, to this issue of remote viewing, and I believe it is directly connected in the Bible to demonic and satanic activity. Now, what is remote viewing? Remote viewing is the telepathic art rooted in ancient shamanism of seeking impressions and alter consciousness information about distant or unseen targets, a word that remote viewers and their handlers use. They do so through extrasensory perception, often termed ESP, or sensing and seeing with the mind. The remote viewer, it is believed and claimed, and I believe in some instances has been proved, can give information about an object, an event, a person, or location that is hidden from physical view, separated from that viewer by distance, and even some claim separated by time itself. The concept and practice quite frankly, has been around since man got off the ark and tried to reestablish connection with the angelic watchers. But the term remote viewing was actually coined in the 1970s by physicist Russell Targ and Harold Puthoff, parapsychologist researchers at Stanford Research Institute. Again, it's always interesting by way of parenthesis to note that there is always a deep connection underneath the surface between science and the occult. Most people are aware of shamanism, or most people that are aware of shamanism and the occult practices have known for a long time of this quote-unquote seeing ability. It's nothing new. But the term remote viewing had its real coming out party, so to say, in the public in the 1990s. Remote viewing was popularized into the public consciousness in the 1990s upon the declassification of documents related to the Stargate Project. What was the Stargate Project? It was a $20 million research program that had started in 1975, and get this, it was sponsored by the United States government and military agencies. It attempted to determine any potential military application of psychic phenomena. The claim was that the program was terminated in 1995 after it failed to produce any useful intelligence information. However, many investigators and further investigation itself has shown that 
it was possibly and most likely an inability on the part of the handlers to manage what they had actually uncovered that stymied the research. There are many, numerous reports, whether or not you want to believe them is your, your choice, that claim that doorways were opened by the participants into the spiritual or alter consciousness realm and some people were directly hurt and others indirectly hurt by the entities themselves and the forces they found on the other side of this doorway. Shows like Coast to Coast AM and the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats have sufficiently doled and poo-pooed the idea of remote viewing for most people who know about it. But there is a power and a reality to the ancient art of seeing that is real and dangerous and I believe probably far more active in the world in which we live than we realize. The truth is, I would not doubt one bit, in fact, I believe this to be the case, that there are certain facets of our government, certain black op facets of our military, certain agencies and groups within groups within groups that have been and even now are in direct connection with the powers of darkness, however the powers of darkness may manifest themselves. I believe that they have uncovered a reality, and in some cases a portal into the spiritual world, but they are unable to actually control the power that they discovered. So the Stargate project was not stopped because it produced nothing. I tend to believe that it was stopped, or at least went dark, because it produced too much, or at least too much that was uncontrollable. Science and military technology, the closer it gets to the quantum edges of our known reality, the more it toys with and embraces the occult in the spiritual world. I'll be referencing throughout this broadcast a book by Dave Hunt called Occult Invasion, a book that I think every Christian should own and read. But he makes reference on page 74 of his book that in 1993, the Psychological Bulletin, a journal of the American Psychological Association, published a report by Cornell University social psychologist Daryl Bim and the late parapsychologist Charles Horton. It reviewed 20 years of research and concluded that subjects were able by mental telepathy to receive at a rate far above chance an image being transmitted mentally from a distant location. Now, the reason I read that brief little quote from the book is that I want you to note the heavy hitters that are involved. American Psychological Association, Cornell University, Stanford University. These aren't fellas sitting somewhere uh, with a crystal ball and, and some weird yoga-like music trying to make a buck telling or guessing how old you are or what your weight is. These are heavy hitters investing multi-millions of dollars in trying to find out what lies on the other side of the veil. Did they find it? As I mentioned earlier, in the 1970s, there was a series of experiments in the labs of the Stanford Research Institute under Professor Russell Targ and Harold Puthoff. Targ and Puthoff's experiments produced stunning, stunning verifiable results. 
Now, these results have not often been able to be reproduced under the same conditions. And of course, people use this to claim that it verifies the non-scientific nature of their study, and in fact, it does not even uh, validate their study. However, I would suggest to you that the results are not always repeatable due to the fact that they are dealing with spiritual entities involved. And if we are to believe the results that they're talking about, there is no doubt whatsoever that they did, in fact, encounter spiritual entities. Not in a bon- not at a bonfire dance out in the woods somewhere. Not in an altar. Not at some weird kind of uh, mysterious skull and bones. But, but in a clinical testing uh, scientific collegiate laboratory, they encountered the powers of darkness. That should tell you something about the way the world really is. The name associated with their studies is a name famous and infamous among those in the know. The name is Ingo Swan. Again, whatever people may or may not think of the people involved, the results the labs were having were absolutely stunning. David Hunt, as I mentioned just a minute ago in his book, records their early experiments. Hunt writes, The first startling results came through a self-styled natural psychic named Ingo Swan, who claimed he was able to see distant events and objects. Prior to arriving at SRI, Stanford Research Institute, he had just completed some successful psychic experiments with Dr. Schmeidler a City College of New York, at City College of New York. Here is a condensed description of an early test to which Targ and Puthoff subjected Swan in their Menlo Park laboratory. Ingo, we begin, a skeptical, skeptical colleague of ours on the East Coast, has furnished us with a set of coordinates, latitudes, and longitude in degrees, minutes, and seconds, and has challenged us to describe what's there. We ourselves don't know. Do you think you can do it? I'll try, says Ingo, appearing unperturbed by our request that we, as physicists, can hardly believe we are making. The coordinates indicate a site that is roughly 3,000 miles away. And we have been asked to obtain details such as small man-made structures, buildings, roads, etc. Ingo closes his eyes and begins to describe what he is visualizing. He appears to zero in for a closer view, rapidly sketching a detailed map showing the location of several buildings together with some roads and trees. He goes on, cliffs to the east, Fence to the north. There's a circular building, perhaps a tower, buildings to the south. Is this a former Nike base or something like that? I get the impression of something underground, but I'm not sure. As we learned when we received a phone call from our challenger, Swan's description, which remember was more than 3,000 miles away, was correct in every detail. Even the relative distances on his maps were to scale. Now, there is no doubt in my mind that Ingo Swan did not see that himself. What I believe Ingo Swan was seeing or receiving were the images and the thoughts and the visualization of what another being was seeing or had seen and was revealing to him. Remote viewers claim that they can gather information, that they can receive information wherever it is located in time-space reality. 
However, if remote viewers are simply developing a natural human quantifiable gift, as they claim, it brings a lot of confusion and a lot of doubt on the Bible, a point that has not gone unnoticed by many remote viewers. For instance, Major Ed Dames, deeply connected with remote viewing research, states that prophets were simply primitive remote viewers and that even Jesus himself was simply a high-level operating remote viewer. The reality is that remote viewing is simply a new name for the ancient black art of soothsaying, of communicating with the spirits and demons. What they are seeing, what they are hearing, is being given to the remote viewer by demonic, alter-dimensional beings. There's a grave danger for all those who are involved in remote viewing or any kind of opening, and we are seeing this more and more and more in our society, a re-infatuation with the paranormal, a re-infatuation with the powers of darkness. Now, many that have walked away from these paranormal experiences claim to have a spiritual enlightenment and a broadening of the mind and soul. But there are many, probably than we are, more than we are aware of, who encounter evil far beyond any parlor tricks that Hollywood can come up with. And their encounter leaves them in a tremendous, vulnerable, and oftentimes damaged position. Let me quote to you a rather lengthy portion from Dave Hunt's book, but I think it will prove exactly what I'm talking about. Art Bell of Coast to Coast AM Radio one night interviewed Father Malachi Martin, a heavy hitter in the paranormal and exorcism, and Major Ed Dames, another heavy hitter in the world of remote viewing. He interviewed them together on his program. Martin had been an advisor to popes and is an exorcist, was an exorcist who uses traditional Roman Catholic rituals to confront the demonic. He claims to have seen overwhelming proof of Satan's existence, believes in demonic possession, which he documents in the best-selling Hostage to the Devil, and allegedly has seen many demonized persons set free through the Catholic ritual of exorcism. While interviewing both these men, Father Martin presented his belief that there are three levels of reality, the supernatural order, and that would be God and all that belongs to him. The natural order, the entire physical, empirically perceived universe, and the in-between middle plateau. Those who enter that plateau can exercise these paranormal powers of the soul that can apparently be sharpened and, development, and developed. But there is also a danger, according to Father Martin. When someone tries to enter the middle plateau, the spirit world, that alter-dimensional, to exercise and develop these powers without the proper initiation or proper control and checks and balances, he will often need the attention of an exorcist. Father Martin, working with army officers who came to him as private citizens, after being involved in many of these different experiments, here's what Father Martin said. We found some army officers who came for help as private citizens because they had delved into the middle plateau and came away very disturbed. Then there are the normal people who use the Ouija board or remote channeling or remote viewing, and they entered an area where they were subject to terrible onslaughts from the angel of light. 
The only succor we could give them was through these Roman Catholic ceremonies, not therapies, but exorcism, a confrontation with the demonic. Major Ed Dames responded that he was familiarly, familiar operationally with the concept of the Middle Plateau. In his view, channeling was extremely dangerous. Ed Dames, who was deeply involved in remote viewing and many high-level military experiments, goes on to say, The channeler gives up his own identity and turns his identity over to something unknown that has convinced them that it is benign in most cases. At this point, Father Martin injects, that is very, very, very important. That's where the nitroglycerin aspect comes in. The thrill, the excitement, the power. Dames goes on to say, that is the essence of channeling. But technical remote viewing is essentially a mind tool where we are fully conscious and fully awake. In the early days, natural psychics employed by the military got involved in an altered state and there were some dangers. Now let that statement just sink into you. Psychics employed by the military got involved in an altered state and there were some dangers. When we would, quote, send, I use that term loosely, an officer to a remote location, there were instances where in navigating that middle plateau, these people ran into these entities on the way, and this caused a tremendous amount of grief. We actually had two individuals have heart attacks in the process. In the case of one of my former students and an army officer, these people started to lean toward association with the very entities that they discovered in the Middle Plateau. Once something has its hook in you, it's got you. And that is why one begins to see behavioral change. We've studied it. The hook is in the ego. The psyche is being pulled along. We've had to study it long and hard to discern when we're on dangerous turf. The more we give up our own decision-making ability, because that's all we really have is our mind, and our mind is where the basis of whether our soul survives. When these individuals start to give up their decision-making ability and turn their minds over to something else, or their minds become completely, completely imbued with the ego of another, we lose them. I'm not that much familiar with possession. I've only seen it once or twice in my career. The majority of people who come to me to learn technical remote viewing are balanced, interested, and enthusiastic. And we can spot individuals who are at risk. We have to because we've had, well, we've had disasters. When the disasters occurred in the past, whether on the military team or in the case of one or two civilians, former students... They were real disasters. There it is from the mouth of the horse himself. Whatever they found on the other side was disastrous to the mind of the man that entered that realm. Here's a thought. If an individual can open himself up to demons, I wonder if a nation can. Plato said that the state is man writ large. Have we as a nation opened our doors to the powers of darkness? 
We have toyed so long and so often, and we have turned so much away from God. It makes you wonder what's going on. I guess what I'm saying is, is that nothing is really as it appears in politics, in economics, in geopolitical issues. There is a subtlety to the world in which you and I live. And we would do well to remember that someone is always listening and someone is always speaking. You ask, what does this have to do with the Bible? Well, have you ever heard the term, a little bird told me something? Referring to someone who has a piece of juicy secret gossip. A little bird told me something, an old phrase, not used so much anymore because most people don't know their Bible. Well, that phrase came from the wisest man who ever lived. Ecclesiastes chapter number 10, verse 20. Curse not the king, no, not in thy thought. And curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. Birds in the Bible are often a type of demons. Isaiah 34, Matthew 13, Revelation chapter number 20. Not only that, but Beelzebub is the lord of the flies. And that which hath wings flies. Some of this stuff with remote viewing is just nonsense. But it makes you sometimes wonder, when people say they're hearing a voice, are they? Paul said there are many voices in the world, and none of them without signification. I guess what I'm saying is, is that you might want to be careful the next time you're talking behind somebody's back. The next time you're running your mouth, the next time you're doing that, because the Bible seems to imply that even though you think you're alone, there's always two people listening. Of course, there's God, but there might be a little bird of the air listening too. The world is a strange and an interesting and a deep place, and remote viewing is just one more of those things that help us remember as Hamlet said to Horatio, there is more in heaven and earth than our philosophy knows.